Hey everyone, this is Chris and Sandy Benton with the Chris and Sandy Show, where we get up close and personal with some amazing guests throughout the entertainment industry. And today, like I said, every episode, we got a great one for you. Who do we have? We have singer, songwriter Kate Cameron with us today. Her unique vocal sound lands somewhere between her Boston roots and her Nashville idols. Her latest single, Wait Up, is a modern Nashville take on a classic soulful feel. And we're excited to have yes. her on the show, so welcome. Welcome. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited to be here. I really appreciate the time. It's definitely our pleasure. Yes. So, as you know, last few years have been rough for a lot of people, but especially entertainment. So take us back and tell us a little bit of how all that affected what you do. And what have you done to maneuver through it the last couple of years? Yeah, it was interesting. In 2020, I was kind of in a weird uh <laughs> employment spot. I was working full time and then I was trying to get my real estate license all while doing the music on, in Nashville and trying to co-write. And it really gave me a few months to dial back into solo writing and kind mm -hmm. of, you know, where I started, you know, 10, 15 years ago as a teenager, just writing in my bedroom. It really took me back oh, to wow. those high school wow. days of just writing, you know, without, without a real like end goal in mind, but just writing for the sake of feeling good about it and it really you know dialed me back into like a, a special like love for music that I originally always oh, wow. had but sometimes yeah. you know Nashville can be feel so fast-paced sometimes with different <laughs> yeah. writers different producers you know different industry events that we all have to go to um so it was nice to like take a few months and slow down and really dial back into why I started music in the first place yeah because sometimes a slowdown is exactly what you need to speed yeah. back up 100%. It locks you back into place. It lets you dial in your thoughts a little bit. Um, so it was really nice for me to kind of go back to where I started, I guess. <laughs> it was about the opposite for us because we launched this show January of 2020. So okay. a couple months before everything got shut down, I remember as in our original plan was maybe 100 interviews that first year to be a great foundation. And then everything gets shut down. And I, as I'm watching, I told Sandy, you know, this might actually be our time to shine because people who normally wouldn't come on a brand new show might be willing to come on a new show. Yeah. So we end up doing over 300 interviews that first year and we're about 600 now. That's incredible. Well, congratulations on all that success. It's really, really awesome. I looked through the past couple dozen interviews you guys have done and I was really obviously impressed and I was like, I, I'm excited to be on this show. This is awesome. <laughs> well, well, we, we appreciate, appreciate that. that yeah. <laughs> so as you know, a lot of people would ask, when did you know you wanted to do music? But I always like to go deeper than that. When did it click for you that this could be a career? Well, I guess I started singing as soon as I could talk I don't remember ever not singing even like in kindergarten when the teachers ask what do you want to be when you grow up I always just wrote singer on the page oh, wow. I didn't really I didn't know what that meant at the time I didn't know that, that yeah. moving to Nashville and songwriting um for, for as long as I can remember I was just singing dancing doing all the things that you could do as a kid and then when I was about 11 sixth grade ish going into middle school I um picked up guitar just out of you know, my dad played a little bit of guitar and he had one laying around the house and I just sort of took a chord book and taught myself to play. And from wow. there, oh, wow. I started taking songwriting to the next level. And yeah, I guess, I guess really everything clicked when I was 14 or 15 and I started going into the studio, just like a kind of uh, town studio, a couple towns away from me. Uh, my mom would like drive me after school and I would get in the recording sessions. I was like, oh, I kind of like get this. Like, I feel like I could kind of 
figure this out for myself, even though I didn't have a leg to stand on at the time. And sometimes I still don't feel like I do. <laughs> but <laughs> even, even at that young age of, you know, 14, 15, getting in the studio, I just felt, found that instant passion for it. Even before I was playing in bars and, you know, venues in Nashville, I, I felt that at such a young age. So it's just kind of continued and grown from then. Love that. Now you said that you used to write on things that went for career that singer. Did any teachers ever frown on that? Um, so I actually went to uh, Berkeley College of Music. Um, so that's where I attended college. I did graduate with a songwriting degree. So obviously when I was at Berkeley, there's a lot of um, experimental work going on. Um, music industry, especially country music, was changing rapidly. That was between 2011 and 2015 that I was there. Um, so I felt like I was exploring a lot of different sounds, maybe not always sounding like myself, but trying to explore as many genres as possible, trying to impress my teachers or get along with my peers or play a show in a bar in Boston. Yeah. And all those factors are different. You know, you, you, you're playing different music for your teachers and you would play at a bar. So yeah. I felt like mm -hmm. all, all those aspects really dove into me. Um, around, you know, that 18 to 21 years of age. But when I was in high school, it was definitely a process because there weren't other kids that were writing songs. In, in <laughs> yeah. So there might have been one or two other kids sort of kind of doing that, but that's it. Really, you know, no one else was writing songs, trying to make records as a teenager where I grew up, or it wasn't even something people talked about. You know, it wasn't yeah. like I grew up near Nashville or, or Industry City or anything like that. So it was definitely like a learning curve on how to um, relate to people and how to get that ball rolling. Um, but once I got to Berkeley, again, it just was another learning experience. And you kind of click all the dots together eventually and figure out what, what your personal sound is. And, you know, I think a lot of people, too, who are outside the music industry, one thing that they don't see, you know, they see the success of a Blake Shelton and then yeah. they see maybe someone that they used to know that tried it for years and failed, but they don't realize that there's so many levels in between that you could literally make a living and nobody never know your name. Yeah, absolutely. Even when I was in college, I would um, play bars over the summer when I wasn't in school and I was making more money at 19, 20 years old than I am now in some months, you know, it was, it was crazy. And like, nobody knew who I was. I was a nobody, but you know, I just found the right venues to play at the right time mm -hmm. with the right crowd of people. And it's, <laughs> but no one knows that, you know, I've been in Nashville for seven years now. I moved here in 2015, even before that I was interning on music row. Um, and still like I introduced myself to people every single day and they have no idea how long I've been singing or playing shows, but you still go in with that, you know, green, personality of I'm still ready to learn. I still want to work hard. And I feel like that always relates well to people. And I love that. That's a perfect lead into the segment. I like to yes. go now is, as yes. you know, a lot of people, they see the glory in what artists do, but they don't see the grind, the sacrifice, the tears, the struggles it takes to get to any level within entertainment. I always like to talk about that side of because nobody does. So yep. take a few moments and tell us a little bit about some of the sacrifices and struggles you've had to go to, even to get to where you are today. Yeah, I actually, um, while I've been in Nashville, I've had a few full-time career type of jobs that had nothing to do with music. And uh, the one that was probably the most implemental for me was I used to manage Airbnbs uh, for about mm -hmm. two years. Mm -hmm. I managed 60 apartments all over the city. 
Um, and that probably, yeah, it was a really hard job. I was about 24, 25 at the time when I was doing it and I was probably a little too young for the job, but I kind of, (laughs) yeah, I fell into it. I started part-time at the company and eventually they just threw me into the manager role and I was like, all right, I guess I'm running the show now. Um, anyways, so it took me, those couple of years were interesting for me because it was the first time that I kind of put music on the back burner and like people forget, like I went to music school at college. So there is four years in college, even before that, where I was doing nothing but music, like school was music. My friends Mm -hmm. were music, nightlife was music, everything. And then all of a sudden I'm dropped into this, you know, job, uh, property manager. And, um, it, and it took, I'm telling you, it took 2020, the pandemic to happen to click me back into that. Like, Oh, like music is what I'm supposed to be doing. And, it's so easy to get off track. But even besides that, you know, I meet people every day in Nashville that have no idea who I am. They assume I don't know what I'm doing. And I, and that's okay. You know, that nobody yeah. has to yeah. assume anything about you when they first meet you. Um, so I just always try to show up to a situation or a conversation with like, so happy to meet you, like happy to be here. I'm ready to work, <laughs> you know, and um, yeah. no one can take your work ethic away from you. So if you show up, in a positive with a positive attitude and get some good work done like no one's ever going to be able to take that from you whether someone likes your music or not so i was just trying to show up <laughs> ready ready to roll <laughs> you know a lot mm-hmm. a lot of people for the you know the pandemic made you go back to your roots a lot of people did the opposite where you know they had this dream they had this vision of being on stage and then the pandemic made them really have a gut check is this really what i want to do with my life yeah, absolutely. I've had I've friends that lived of- out of town. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go ahead. I just, I had friends that literally left town because once, you know, the nightlife of Nashville sort of, sort of came to a stop, they just weren't mm-hmm. prepared to keep going on their own. Um, so I, I literally had friends that had that same feeling of like, well, I guess I'm going to move home because what else do I do? And I'm like, there's so much you can do. You know, you just have to stand on your own feet <laughs> sometimes, you know? And they call it a 10-year city for a reason. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I've been here seven years, you know, eight if you count my internship in 2014. So it's pretty and, wild. And I think that's some of the stuff that people don't realize. You know, they move to Nashville and they think that it's going to happen within the first year or two years. And you know what? There might be your small exceptions that that happens. But for the most part, it's eight, 10, 12 years on your average person who sticks it out. And I think a lot of times that's the part that that gets people is, is you get to the point to where you're questioning everything because you're like, is this ever going to work? Yeah. I I feel like that every day. And I just, you know, trust that like my love for music carries me first and foremost. And like, I actually was listening to this really cool interview with Kenny Chesney the other day, he was doing a Peloton class, you know, like the the spin Mm -hmm. bikes. He was doing one of those, but it was a treadmill class anyways. And they had him on as a guest. And he was saying like, if you are meant to have a career in music, it's because you can't not do it. Like he, you know, Kenny Chesney could walk away. He could have walked away 20 years ago and, you know, been all right. Mm -hmm. But he said he wakes up every day and he literally cannot not work. And that's how I still feel, you know, I'm 29 years old now. And I still feel like that every single time I sing on a microphone or 
write a song. I still just can't not do it. So I just do it. You know? yeah, I remember mm -hmm. years ago, we interviewed uh, Allison Steele from Two Still Girls when oh, they were yeah. when they were doing stuff. And I and one of the questions I asked was about the um, about advice. And I remember I'll never forget that her answer. She, she looked in the uh, in the camera and said, um, if if you can do anything else and be happy, go do that. She goes, right. and just keep music as a hobby. She goes, because once you go, once you realize that this is what you have to do, she goes, you sacrifice your family, you sacrifice friends, you sacrifice your body. Mm -hmm. She says, you, you, there are so many sacrifices within the music industry that if you are not, if, if you don't have to do this, then it's mm -hmm. not worth it. Yeah, it's, it's a grind. And there, I'm telling you, there are more, I don't want to say there are more letdowns than positive, you know, things that happen, but you're going to hear no a lot. And, you know, if, if that's, mm -hmm. if you're doing it to hear a yes, then that's probably the wrong reason. You know, um, I always want to grow and learn and be kind of a fire starter. That's always been my personality is to kind of like start fresh. And um, yeah. I still feel like that. And I, yeah. I don't, you know, it, it takes being understood sometimes is overrated, you know, and I kind of feel like that's, <laughs> that's kind of what being a musician is all about is people are not going to understand you. Um, and then one day they do, and then you become successful and it all clicks into place and you're like, ah, oh, finally, like someone gets it. But most yeah. of the time, you know, if you're not on the radio every day, like people aren't going to necessarily understand what you're doing, but that's okay. You know, like I don't understand all my friends' careers either. You know, they might be an engineer or, you know, going to med school and like mm -hmm. going to law school. I don't have to understand every piece of their career either, but we're still, we're still friends, you know? Yeah. I remember an yeah. old saying in the business world that says when, when you start to do something different that people don't get that, that first people tell you it can't be done. Then as you're doing it, they tell you it won't last. Then yeah. as you go through there, they tell you you were lucky. And then the yeah. last phase is they're telling everybody, oh, I knew they'd make it. Yeah, 100, 110%. <laughs> it's, it's so crazy. And um, yeah, you just, you just never know who you're going to meet. You never know that next song that you're going to write or the next video that you post. You know, you never, you just never know. So it's just got to keep creating things like create them mm -hmm. because you feel the want to create them, not because you're trying to achieve you know, X, Y, Z and impress someone, you know, if, if, if it comes from the right place, eventually people will vibe with that, you know? And there's so yeah. many stories where somebody would write a song and they had no idea what they had their hands on and somebody else heard it and got it to diff different people. And next thing they know, they have a number one hit through a Blake Shelton or a Randy Travis or whoever. Mm -hmm. I, you know, so many of my classmates in college that, exact thing has happened to them. Yeah. I've seen dozens of my classmates from, you know, eight, 10 years ago, now superstars, you know, and it's like Ingrid Andrews, <laughs> Charlie, yeah. Bruce, I went to school with all those people. I sat in class next to them wow. and you just wow. see them blossom. And you're like, you know, it's, it's definitely possible. And you see the work that they put in. I know, I know they put in the work. Not everyone else is going to see that, but I'm like, I was in class with them. Like I know that they were, you know, there's a different type of especially going to school like Berkeley, there's 5,000 kids there that are trying to do music. Right. So you kind of can see the energy and the passion from certain people and it does carry them through, you know? Um, so you just got to have that, that work ethic. <laughs> Is it really like, like the real regular world outside of music? 
within that, that school where it's usually about 20% of people that's really doing what it takes? Yeah, I would say less than that. I would say 1%. I would say it's, it, it, oh, it's, wow. such, it's such a certain special type of person um, mm-hmm. that has the work ethic and has the passion. It's like such a wow. weird combination, yeah. both, right? And have talent, right? You have to have that soul right. talent somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> um, but to have all three of that trifecta is very rare, very special. And, and also you got to relate to people, right? People have to like you. So sometimes yeah. sometimes you're making amazing music, but it's just not hitting with the right audience. And um, sometimes you just got to experiment a little bit to find those songs that work. Um, not just, you know, that just takes time, you know? <laughs> yeah. and, and now, you know, speaking of that, you know, we talked a little bit about the struggles and the sacrifices, flip the script and go the other way. Um, what are a few wow moments that you've had in your career so far? um so uh i would say a year ago in august i put out a song called 27 and it was the most ironic song i wrote it by myself in one session in like under an hour and i came up with this concept about the 27 club and how like oh my gosh like i'm getting older i can't thrive on being a young artist anymore necessarily like well that all I have to live for is being in my early twenties and being a good singer, being a teenager, like what happens after that, you know? And I kind of put out that song and it's today, you know, Spotify took that song and ran with it on my own independently. Like I didn't have one promoter. I didn't have one um, manager working with me. That song I just put out there. And I honestly put it out there because I thought it was a great singer songwriter type of song. I was like, maybe a publisher Mm -hmm. will hear this and see some, light in this song and see potential um and that didn't necessarily happen but like the response that i got from that song just through streaming and people following me on instagram still people turn 27 and tag me in that song you know (laughs) (laughs) so so that was one of those moments it's like wow i did that all by myself i didn't even send the song to that many people besides the guy who produced it um and it still is my top rated song today um, with no help, with no exterior help besides my producer. Um, so it just goes to show like sometimes you just got to trust a little bit in your own self yeah. and you don't need, you know, dozens of people telling you what is right or what is wrong, you know? Mm-hmm. And they're not always right, even though teams are great, but they're not always right. Yeah. No, yeah. No one really knows, you know, it's kind of like, <laughs> who knows what the next number one song is going to be next month or next year. No one knows. And I would say after that, the other wow moment I have, uh, when I was graduating from Berkeley, I was 21 years old and um, I got chose to sing. We honor, we have like honorary doctorates every year when you graduate and that specific year, one of the honoraries was um, Doug Morris, who at the time was the CEO of Sony Music and he's one of the most decorated industry execs ever. He's worked for, he's the CEO of Universal before he was the CEO of Sony. He's retired since. Um, but they actually chose me to represent Stevie Nicks, who he signed back in the 80s after Fleetwood Mac. So I got to sing a Stevie <laughs> Nicks song for him in, in an arena in no front way. of, you know, 10,000 people. Um, and so that was one of those like, whoa moments. And I felt so at home doing that. Uh, and obviously, like, I would have never got that experience if I didn't go to Berkeley. But I I, I look back at it now and I'm like, I, that was so fast. Like when it, when you're 21 years old and you're trying to graduate and people are like, yeah, by the way, you're going to sing for the CEO of Sony. And you're kind of like, okay, like throw me up there. But like, I look back at it now. I was like, wow, like I had no fear doing that. Like imagine yeah. what I could do, you know, beyond that, you know? 
<clears throat> so tell us about your new single, Wait Up. Yeah, so Wait Up has been one of these songs that I've brought into so many different sessions over the years. I actually had one or two other versions of it before this version. Um, and I played it at other venues and the other type of version that I had. Um, but I think it was two or three years ago, um, one of the producers uh, I have worked in the past, his name's Peter Shurkin, and he set me up on this right with Alden Witt, who I actually went to school with at Berkeley, and then uh, another lady named Annie Clements, who is amazing. She's uh, the bass player for Marin Morris, actually. She's uh, been on tour all over the world. She used to tour with Shania. She used to tour with Sugarland. She's really, really um, a special person in Nashville. And so I got to rewrite this song with the two of them. And I just think the song is really fresh and different from anything else I've put out. Um, it kind of reminds me of like a boy band era type of song. And I think it, it's kind of interesting that like Shania Twain was at the height of her career in the boy band era. So I kind of like, <laughs> yeah. Camp yeah, the lyrics are kind of campy and kind of, you know, kitschy and fun. But I think, um, like we're kind of a lot of females are scared to put out songs like that now because mm -hmm. it's so male dominated mm -hmm. that girls tend to go for the sad songs where I just kind of wanted to put out something that was fun. People could dance to play in their car, you know, get ready in their bathroom. Um, just something that's like feel good and fun. And I, I felt like I was missing that in my catalog. So it felt like the right song choice for me for this next single. Love that. So as you know, a lot of people, they see you, but they don't see the team around you. And I know your team's growing a little bit. So tell us a little bit about the team that helps you be who you are. Yeah. Um, so this specific song, a lot of people had their hands in just because it's been around for so long. Like, like I said, I, <laughs> I almost cut it maybe five years ago, solo independently on my own. Um, and then I just kind of held on to the song for a while and the right, you know, group of people were in the room that day to rewrite the song. Uh, but Peter is one of those guys that produce one of the producers who uh, set up that co-write for me. He's been working with me for several years. Um, I met him randomly at uh, a CRS party, which is the radio stations in all the country. In February, all the radio stations come to Nashville and they throw parties, basically. And I met him at one of those. And um, I remember Body Like a Background had just come out. I just specifically remember chatting about that song. Like, what do you think of this song? I'm like, I think it's really cool. Like whatever. And, um, Peter like actually was super implemental the last several years. He got me, um, some like cuts on Netflix and we had a cut on ABC doing TV sync stuff. Um, so he's been super awesome to me. He's worked with a bunch of independent artists in town. Um, and then the producer I actually had produced this specific version of the track. His name is Anthony Rankin and he's super under the radar. I think he's going to blow up and be a massive songwriter producer one day. Um, but he is the touring guitarist for Gary Allen. Um, so he tours just like any other. He's on the road, you know, the majority of the time. But when he's home, he does independent produce, produce projects. So um, he's produced the, a couple of my projects so far. So I'm excited to get to work with him again. He, he produced that 27 song that I did independently a year ago. Um, so it'll be cool to kind of like see all those crossfires come together in one song and see how people react to it. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of teams, we have a third co-host. Yes, so we do. 10 year old that we bring mm -hmm. on to ask a few questions. So yes. be I'll go get him. <laughs> and okay, we've got a awesome. three, we've got a three year old that when she gets older, she'll be plugged into the show too. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I love it. I'm here. Got to keep it. it in the family. Yeah. As you know, my first job in Nashville, 
uh, I only worked there for about six months, but I was like babysitting after school at an elementary school. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was like pre-K through sixth grade. And uh, I worked there like four hours a day from like two to six after school, just, just basically being an extra set of hands, being a babysitter after school. But so I'm very familiar with uh, hanging out with the elementary kids. That was my first job in Nashville. So. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. So, so what's kind of next for you? Um, I actually already have a single that's uh, ready to go. Um, probably we'll put it out in the new year. It has like kind of like winter vibes. I say it's kind of like more of a ballad, um, but Anthony Rankin produced it. Uh, I wrote it by myself. So it's going to be a cool change up from still kind of the same genre as weighed up, but it'll be a different vibe. So. Oh, wow. Jade, so what's for your foods? Oh, my favorite foods. Um, if I'm going out to eat, I really love sushi. Can never go wrong. Um, if I'm eating at home, I really like some like lemon chicken or something easy like that. Um, but usually I'm out and I'm usually eating sushi or tacos, one of the two. Because what's yours? Mine's pizza. Ah, pizza is so good. I like thin crust pizza though. Do you like thick crust <laughs> or thin crust? He probably likes it all. He likes it all. I like, yeah, it's all good, right? Can't go wrong with pizza. <laughs> all right, what's your TV show? Oh my gosh. Um, you're going to laugh at this. I don't know if you've ever seen the show Impractical Jokers on True TV. It's basically like a candid camera show, but I, I just think types. it's, yeah. And I just think the comedians on there are so funny. So if I'm just like coming home from a long day and need a quick laugh, I always put on Impractical Jokers. You know, some of our favorites were, it was punked, of course, back in the day. Yes. And yeah. then now it's ridiculousness. We love the with the show and yes. the videos. <laughs> I've always been, and I'm a big HGTV girl. I love Flipper yeah. Flop, and um, yeah, I have my real estate license, so I always love watching <laughs> House Hunters and all the houses. So I'm, I'm always watching that too. Because what's yours? My SpongeBob. Oh, can't go wrong with that either, though. You know, I used to watch a lot of that. Yeah, back mm-hmm. in the day. <laughs> okay, what's your movie? Ooh, my favorite movie is probably The Notebook. It's from 2004, so it's a little bit on the older side now, but probably that's, The Notebook. That's Sandy's favorite. Oh, it's so good. It's so cute. Every time, I love it. And yours? Mine's Minions. Oh, that's awesome. That's a really funny movie, too. I like yes. that. Yeah, we even got to see the newest one in the theater in Nashville. Oh, that's awesome. That's really cool. Not, Did you, not uh, this I, last trip to Nashville, but back in yeah, August July. We, or July trip. We, we've been to Nashville. We go to Nashville about four times a year, but we make it through the summer. Like That's amazing. We just went yeah. for our 20th anniversary, which was October 5th. So we went for that. Well, congrats. Week. Well, thanks. <laughs> and um, so that'll be probably our last time until spring, summer next year. And then we'll do the pattern again. <laughs> that's awesome. That's a way to do it, though. Have a little schedule and, you know. Feel like Nashville is part of your own house. Plan so. on eventually moving out there. Oh well, I'm a real estate agent, so you can call me when you're ready to move. <laughs> Bye. Thanks. Nice to meet you. Thank you so much. <clears throat> so, um, if you could co-write with any artist, who would it be? Ooh, um, I would say one of my answers would be Lori McKenna. Um, probably. Uh, obviously she's a hit songwriter and incredible and has written amazing songs, but also she is from Massachusetts and, um, grew up a couple towns away from where I grew up. So I think it would be really cool to like pick her brain about, you know, starting her music career in Massachusetts and then eventually making the jump to Nashville. 
Um, but besides that, probably Shane McAnally or Luke Laird are probably my other two favorites. They write all the hits, so really obsessed with everything they do. <laughs> so if if you could co-write with any artist who's passed on, who would you bring back to spend a day with you? Oh, I mean, I would have to say some old school Elvis before he went into the <laughs> army. I mean, I know Amazing. I know it's said that he didn't write a lot, but I would really like to write a song with him yeah. or for him. <laughs> what would be a question you'd want to ask him? Oh, um, I think it would just be cool to see an artist, you know, from the 50s or from the 60s before before social media hit and how yeah. more than a question, I would love to just like kind of like interrogate their creative process and just see how they work without all those outside influences, you know? Yeah. It was probably easier. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Again, they were just going off of what felt right. And, you know, and I feel like that's what we're all trying to write every day. And it's, it's, sometimes it's hard when you hear all this brand new music come out every day and you feel so influenced sometimes, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, back in 2015, we interviewed Kelsey at Ballerini before mm -hmm. she was Kelsey. Wow, and one of the questions I asked, always asked her was um, where she wanted to be in five years. And I always like to tell this story before I ask the guest that same question, because the answer she gave us back then is exactly the life she's living now. She had it planned out. She had it planned sure. out. So knowing that, where do you want to be in five years? Um, I would like to start kind of a fresh, not a fresh genre, that's the wrong word, but a fresh avenue um, mm. in Nashville. Uh, I don't plan on following any sort of path that's been done just because I feel like I'm, you know, I'm 29 now that, like I said, that phase of me moving to Nashville and getting a pub deal that first year is kind of past. So I have to kind of pivot and think of another way. And um, I actually met, I, it's ironic you're asking me this question because a week or two ago, I met this producer for HGTV at the bar and we were just talking and like we became good friends after and like exchanged numbers. And she was like, you know, let's, let's like talk show ideas. I think this would be like really interesting that like you've been in Nashville and you're, you're a real estate agent and you're a musician, working musician in town. So I think uh, dabbling in TV simultaneously while putting in out music would be a really cool avenue for me that I would like to explore a little bit. <laughs> Awesome. So yeah. let's look further down the road. Let's say 15 years down the road and let's say you're a success on a grand scale, whatever that looks like for you, you've made it. Yeah. What do you hope you never forget along that journey? Um, well, I would say first and foremost, my love for performing on stage is always my number one factor. Um, even though I do love songwriting, uh, there's nothing quite like being on stage with your guitar and singing to an audience. So I would like to keep that fire first and foremost of like, I want to play shows no matter how old I get. And if my voice can't hit every single note, I still want to keep that passion because playing live shows is what makes everything else make sense for me. Um, and then besides that, I would love, you know, to be headlining some tours, still being on the radio, releasing some hit music, uh, again, like be a little bit of a fire starter, keep putting out songs that are a little left of center that, but that can still work in the format. So, mm -hmm. and what are some things that inspire you? Yeah, all the time, you know, one, this is a little bit cliche, but like one of my first country music influences, uh, I was in high school when I first got into country music and Miranda Lambert was that first female artist that really clicked for me that I was kind of like, okay, I like can see what she's doing. I see where she's coming yeah. from. I don't think I'm exactly like her. Um, and then, you know, several years later, uh, Maren Morris came out and she just, you know, crashed the entire stigma of <laughs> genre lines essentially. And I think it was so 
cool what she did because she really was that fire starter of jumping right over to pop radio. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would really love to do that same thing. And maybe it's not jumping from pop radio to country radio. Maybe it's more yeah. jumping yeah. from music to TV and different outlets or podcasting or something like that. But yeah, they inspire me every day because I feel like, again, they have those careers where there weren't that many influences that they could copy. Um, mm-hmm. And they were kind of you know, deciding their own destiny with every single song that they release. So I, I, I think about that all the time. I'm like, it's so hard what they, what they do and uh, they, they're yeah. so successful. Yes. So I definitely look up to them a lot. Mm-hmm. And what would you like for your legacy to be in music? What would you like to be most known and remembered for? Um, I would like to be remembered for just being an excellent vocalist. First and foremost, I think my vocals are, um, kind of different than what Nashville is used to. And I think it would be really cool to, you know, break that barrier and um, extend other lines that females can break into. Um, you know, you, you, we have to keep pushing the genre so the genre doesn't die, you know? So I really yeah. would like to be remembered to have a singular voice that doesn't necessarily sound like everyone else. Um, and also just for my work ethic, again, like I would love to, uh, get into other media and be remembered as an all around influence for Nashville, um, just as much as a great musician and great performer. So, mm-hmm. and if you could say anything to your followers, what would you want to tell them? I would obviously say thank you so much for being on this journey with me. And I genuinely say with me because without them, uh, nothing grows, nothing goes to the next step. So, first and foremost, thank you. But also, like, they inspire me too, you know? So, keep sending me what you like and don't like, because that's always going to be my inspiration for what keeps me making more music. So. So as we close out here, what advice would you give someone who wants to do what you do? Um, I would say uh, a good external advice would be be nice to everybody and shake everyone's hand and Uh, make everyone feel good about themselves because you never know who you're going to meet, who's going to be that next songwriter, who's going to be that Mm -hmm. next artist on the radio or next music industry exec that you could have been sitting next to in college. Like you don't know who you you don't know. So be nice to everyone. Try to meet everyone as much as you can. Um, And internal advice would be uh, when you hear a no, sometimes being understood is overrated. (laughs) Maybe I'm going to write a song about that. So I would say just keep doing what you do, build your craft and try to improve every day. (laughs) And when you're talking about Mm -hmm. that, you never know. I I love the story where a songwriter is up there on stage singing and this, and at the end of this one song, this guy walks up to him and you'll probably figure out who I'm talking about in a minute. um, But walks up to him and says, you know what? I'm, I'm here in Nashville. I'm going to get a record deal. And I want to, I want that song of yours to be my first cut. Mm-hmm. And it ended up being the dance and it was Garth Brooks. I knew you were going to say Garth Brooks. I was like, I know this is going to be a Garth story. I can tell. Yeah. I can tell. <laughs> and and yeah. again, you just, you never know. Again, that's one of them things like you were saying, meet everybody, network with everybody. Cause, cause I mean, I'm sure when that guy left that day, the songwriter, he probably thought I'll never hear from him again. And yet he's wrote most of Garth's songs now. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like I said in the beginning, you know, I was sitting in class with Ingrid Andrus and Charlie Puth and a bunch of hit songwriters that are now on Music Row. And, you know, 
maybe I should have reached out to them a little more in college. I think, <laughs> but, you know, that's good learning curve uh, for yeah. the future is like meet as many people as you can because you just never know who is going to be that next thing. Yep. So. Mm-hmm. so tell everybody how they can find you. Uh, well, you can definitely follow me on Instagram at Kate Cameron Music. Uh, my new single, Wait Up, is coming out October 28th. It's going to be really fun. So we'll see how, uh, how that goes. And uh, I have more music coming along the way. You can also, you know, follow me on Facebook, TikTok, all the things. But Instagram's probably where I'm most active for sure. <laughs> Love that. You know, we really enjoyed having you on the show today. And we look forward to having you back down the road. Absolutely. I'd love to be back. It was awesome getting to talk with you guys. I really appreciate all your time and all your questions were awesome. So I will look well, we forward to following it. you guys too. Oh, Sounds we appreciate great. We appreciate that. it. Thanks so Thank much. You. Absolutely. Have a good one, guys. Thank you. You too.